The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Street. This staff is saying would recommend a consideration that we would approve a variance of the fence, not where the applicant is asking for, but where. In that in that range of seven and a half feet out from the house, I mean the, the board can evaluate and see what makes sense. I mean, and it's current and this measurement here, this front side Palmer side, is twelve and a half feet currently. Well, it's twenty feet from the house to the property line on Cameron Street. What is so this an a, image of? What is this an image of? That, that the image Ms. Harrington's looking at is uh, one of the non-conforming fences on another corner lot in the neighborhood. Is this six feet tall? That's six feet tall, yes. Oh, and this is kind of comparable even as it relates to like that setback situation. This is like the kind of the exact same type of Yeah, thing. Yeah, that would be built at or very close to the property line. And if I remember correctly, applicant, uh, my drive-by, the chain link fence goes all the way to your home currently. If they put up a new fence at seven and a half or 12 and a half or wherever, do they have to remove the chain link fence? They don't have to remove the chain link fence. I believe the applicant was planning to do that just to clean up the frontage. Yeah, just wondering. Thank you. Mr. Aldridge, I have a question. <clears throat> so the, the homeowner, the property owners that have the non-conforming fences, what is the, the consequence of that now that it's been discovered? <clears throat> so for the existing non-conforming fences, um, you know, many of those are well-aged, um, they've been around 10, 20 years. Uh, with with a non-conformity of any sort like this, it can be maintained in its current condition. It can be repaired if it's damaged. Um, if it is removed, though, it cannot be replaced. So if, it, if, if somebody has fencing that's deemed non-conforming, Say, for example, it's in the front yard, like the example shared tonight, and they take the fence down, they can only put up fencing that complies with the ordinance at that point. And how long can someone, like if I were to, to put something like that up in, in my yard and have it be non-conforming, not, not going through the proper channels, how long can that stay up? to be grandfathered. Well, well and, there, and there, I mean, there really isn't any difference between the term non, non-conforming and being grandfathered in. And what it means is that it, it's, a, it's an improvement that doesn't, doesn't meet the requirements in the zoning ordinance. And it, it also means that it's an improvement that's been in place long enough that the city can't legally take 
action to remove that that uh, improvement that doesn't conform so okay. it's allowed to remain and then that gives the property owner the ability to you know continue to use that non-conforming improvement you know and obviously if they keep it in good repair they can make it last a substantial period of time but but that's that's how those are treated okay. all right thank you mr chairman Please. Uh, the, the critical date is uh, if you have something predating the ordinance, then it is not, it's non, becomes non-conforming when the ordinance is legal non-conforming use um, or grandfathered in as a result. So something that comes after the ordinance would be non-conforming and would be potentially subject to uh, an enforcement action to remove the nonconformity. Thank you, that helps. I asked, uh, uh, would it be okay, Mr. Chair, if I asked one more question? Please. Uh, Mr. Trzowski, I'm probably not saying that right, sorry. <laughs> um, what's the, what's sort of the distance from Cameron Street that is would make you happy? What's the greatest distance from Cameron, Cameron Street where you'd be satisfied? And that, and that's what your that's what is pictured in this rendering here. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Oh. All right. Any other questions? All right. Is there a motion to finding the facts? I move that the finding of facts shall include all information included in the notice of public hearing dated August 24th, 2022 in the agenda packet staff provided for this request at 1521 Palmer Avenue. 71 notices of public hearing were sent and one responses were received and as follows, Danny Clapp, uh, 1510 Palmer Street in opposition. The public hearing was held before the board and public comments were accepted. As were additional documents and voice messages as follows, there are no additional documents. Did I get the right? Okay. Thank you. Is there going to be a second? Should I read the notes? Oh, jeez. Read the notes. I mean, I can skip it. <laughs> no, you cannot, you cannot skip it. Oh, no, I can't skip it. I can't skip it. All right. Uh, Matthew Truzowski, applicant, spoke in favor, reports areas in the neighborhood have some fencing he'd like to, the same fencing he'd like to have. If fencing comes in, to meet the code, it would cut yard size, putting some outside the fence line. Wants privacy fence to protect yard from intrusion. The new fence would look better than the existing chain link. 20 foot of side yard would be outside the existing allowed fence line. Backyard rules allow 
for six foot fencing, requesting it for Cameron Street side only. Reports also a busy corner. Has had people come up and looking into windows, so four foot fencing would not work per his needs. Two properties deemed nearby are non-conforming per staff, not known to have come before the board. Applicant feels natural blockage um, is not viable due to time and security concerns. Staff reports the lot itself is not unique. Rules do allow for have setback, could sit 7.5 feet closer than it does, but does not support full uh, support of a variance for setback. Reports future upgrades or construction would be more difficult if fencing at property line. Thank you. Now might there be a second? Second. I appreciate it. All those in favor, and all those in favor of the finding of fact, please signify by saying aye. 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 And those opposed, the same. The finding of fact has been adopted. Uh, will there be a motion pending this application? Mr. Chair, can we break this into two? Uh, yes. Two votes, please. Thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll just after we have a motion, we'll uh, we'll discuss. Will there be a, a motion for the first request? Um, I make a motion for the dimensional variance from Chapter Six, Section Six Point Three A Two of two feet to install a six-foot fence in the front yard along Cameron Street where four feet is the maximum height for fencing in the front yard. Thank you. Will there be a second? Second. Now we'll discuss this first motion. So, I guess the question I'm asking myself, um, as I think about the purpose of fence zoning, I feel like it's designed to create some sort of aesthetic uniformity and character, especially when we're talking about a residential area. These are, this is just applying to residential areas, these comments. Um, and when I think of the Edison neighborhood, I think it's one of Kalamazoo's, what I think of as front porch neighborhoods. It's a neighborhood where um, on many of the streets, many or most houses have front porches. Um, the setback from the street is uh, smaller than in a more suburban style neighborhood. And I think fences can't some of the neighborliness and the character that comes from sort of that front porch neighborhood with shorter setbacks. Palmer's, I, I think of Palmer as slightly different than many streets in, in Edison. Uh, it looks to me like probably the houses were built pretty uniformly, maybe by one or two developers that were um, putting in single story houses where much of the other neighborhood at least to the north, has two-story houses. Um, so I think Palmer is slightly different, and I think the setbacks are a little further. It is clearly, though, on that, you know, contiguous and a part of Edison neighborhood. So in my opinion, and some of this is a, an aesthetic op opinion, it is sort of contrary to what I see as the 
customary usage in Edison. I think that a six-foot opaque fence um, doesn't fit. That's just my opinion. Um, and so I, I'm struggling to find something because I'm sympathetic to the applicant's concerns about being on a corner lot, having people walk through and up to the house is not something anyone would want. Um, and so I, I am inclined, as I look at these um, standards that we have to meet, to make the standards work for one of the variances, but I can't make them work for both of them. Um, because if I, and it's hard for me to say which, because I think the six foot, if it wasn't as opaque, would not be as problematic. And the opacity issue at four feet probably doesn't meet the, the applicant's desires. Um, so I'm just struggling to sort of try to find something that might make everyone happy, which might not be possible. Um, as it stands for this dimensional variance, um, there is opposition from one neighbor on Palmer Street. Um, and I think because someone living within the 300 foot uh, ra radius is opposed to it, and because clearly I think anytime you're building something that becomes non-conforming, it's at least arguable, if not logical, that the actions of the applicant are causing the non-conformity, um, I'm inclined to oppose this variance request. Um. I inappropriately under my breath said this one sucks because it's tough because there there are personal property rights and needs uh, and then there's community uh, needs and to me the safety is I wouldn't say the most paramount but it's the largest consideration on the community side um, and so if we're going to stick with the needs of the community and safety. Um, I'd be more inclined to uh, approve or vote in, a, in support of a six-foot fence that was not 100% opaque. Uh, it's the only compromise that I can see. I, I believe you have rights to put a fence all the way to the property line, and it's not my decision to ask you not to, so I don't want to do that. Um, but getting you the security at six-foot while being able to see partially through the fence for safety is the only thing that I can uh, can come up with. And I know that's public safety, not your safety. I, I can acknowledge that. Uh, yes? I do not. I own property in Edison. I have a farm there, three of them. One on Mills, one on Jackson, and um, one just uh, urban orchard that just erected earlier this week on Washington. So very deeply, and I live less than a half a mile away.
Right. What's the last thing you said? From your neighbors? Well, we have we have fences up and people be in our stuff anyway. So <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. I appreciate the question and I hope you appreciate the opportunity. Uh, and we'll bring it back to uh, the discussion that the board has on the motion at hand, which is the request for a six foot uh, height variance. I tend to agree with uh, what Jeff has said about the, I mean, probably the compromise position if we were gonna make one I would like the most is, is six foot and not the 100% opacity. I like that. I'd be in agreement with the opacity issue of, as the Vine Neighborhood Association chairperson, I got a chance to speak with our acting chief and vice chief. The reason for not wanting 100% uh, occlusion is if something were to happen within those bounds or something needs to be found or perhaps somebody's even hiding there, it causes a great deal of concern for safety uh, for the community-wide directive and based on that I've even gone around the neighborhood and made sure that fencing follows in the guidelines so uh, that would be the only uh, compromise that I could see made here and other than that I would not be in favor of 100% uh, opacity on a six-foot fence going around the property. Uh, Mr. Eldridge now that we've discussed this issue the opacity could you tell us what the ordinance percentage is? So they can have four foot, we're not talking about four foot. So, so the opacity maximum for a fence in the front yard is up to 75%, which means there's going to be gaps between the boards. It's not, it's not like 50% opaque, like a, some of the traditional picket fences you see that really have that open feel to them, but it's a 75% opacity uh, which which allows you to narrow those openings um, more, more significantly the, the only other you know item that the board should keep in mind is where is is the fence appropriate if you're talking about you know a modified variance is this still allowing the fence at the property line or 10 feet back from the property line um, just you know we should clarify that as well thank you well, okay, what does, what does that, can you give me an example of what 75% opacity looks like? Like, what's an example of that? Are you talking about, like, in terms of, like, if it were a wood fence, like, how close in proximity the lumber is to one another, like, or if it's spaced out, or, like, how do you determine opacity of, like, 75%? What does that look like? So, is it the material? Is it the it, well? It, yeah. We're, so we're, we're talking about you know opacity is the see-through. I know what opacity. Ability. Is. Just for everybody who's on the same. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I know what opacity. I'm, I'm simplifying it for I, everybody that's listening and watching. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when we're calculating that seventy-five percent, yeah, we're looking at how many you know for, for like an eight-foot span of fencing. Yeah. How many inches are in that? You know, in that eight feet, and you're you're calculating the space between the boards, the open spaces, and making sure that you know that 
no more than, you know, that essentially 25% is open air, 75% can be solid. So the space in between the boards is, is what, what we're calculating. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I looked it up on the internet. That's why I was on my phone. Sorry. Um, I just Googled 75% opacity fence image and it's essentially chain link fence or lattice. And I'm not saying those are the only two those materials, are, but what I'm saying cute, is, right? is no, no, I, I, no offense. I'm not concerned. That's not my concern. I'm explaining what the image I found was. And so basically it's a see-through fence. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it is. Yes. Okay. So we, this variance that we are discussing is only pertinent to the question of six foot. Um, and we've talked about the opacity as well, which is fine, because I think they, they affect each other. But do we have any more questions before I ask for a roll call vote on the six foot question motion at hand? I just want to talk a little bit more about what Mr. Clapp's perspective is about it and talk about it because I could be in support of this. Um, but I want to understand like what he, like if staff specifically could talk about it being down, going downhill and since you were there when the kids were coming off the bus, um, I would like what, what danger, what kind of um, an impediment to safety are we, uh, are we dealing with that Mr. Clapp is um, in terms of this is the person who was in opposition to your variance request, sir. Um, what was, what does that mean? Like as it relates to if we were to, if we were to say yes to this, like how would this infringe upon safety because this is going downhill for the kids? I mean, there, there isn't much of a topographic change with the property. I think the, you know, clearly the point that the property owner is, is making is that, you know, his backyard is wide open to that side street, to Cameron Street. So whether it's kids getting dropped off on the bus or, you know, or people walking down the, the sidewalk, you know, it's right next to, you know, what's his backyard. And that's, you know, that's the main uh, premise behind it. I, I don't know how to speak to the, the complaint or the comment rather that came in from the, the one individual, Mr. Clapp. Um, he says any blockage of the view of this corner, in my opinion, would make it more dangerous. Would that make it, would it, that's what I'm asking about. You know, we, we have looked at the vision obstructions and the fence is positioned so that it's completely outside the Palmer Street or Palmer Avenue front yard and it is, you know, pulled back from the alley behind this property roughly 18 feet. So, so where the street intersection is, where the alley meets Cameron Street, you know, the, the fencing is not uh, going to create a vision obstruction in my opinion. It's not going to create a vision of something. It is not. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, would anybody mind if I called a roll call vote on the six-foot motion? Mr. Eldridge? We'll start with, on the far side, with Mr. Turpening. No. Logger? No. 
Carol. Yes. Doan. Mm. Brandon Hamburg. No. Harrington. Yes. The motion for the six foot fence has not passed. Will there be a motion for the opacity, opaqueness uh, request? I make a motion for a dimensional variance from chapter six, section 6.3 A3B to authorize new fencing to be 100% opaque, no solid, no gaps between boards, with a maximum opacity for fencing in the front yard is 75%. Second. Thank you. Any discussion? I think we've had our discussion during the first motions discussion period. So if you do not have any additional discussion, I'll call for a roll call vote on the second motion. Okay, we'll proceed with uh, Ms. Harrington. Yes. Doan. Oh, okay, okay, so yeah, yeah. Yes. Brandon Hamburg. Yes. Carol? No. Lager? No. Turpenine? No. The second motion is not, uh, second requested application is not passed. Thank you. Thank you. Will the board Secretary, read the next application into the record. <clears throat> An application for a variance for provision of the zoning ordinance has been filed with the Zoning Board of Appeals by Great Lakes Capital for 3650 West Michigan Avenue in the Commercial Community District, CC. The applicant is requesting the following variances. One, a variance from the National Na Natural Features Protection Ordinance, Chapter 50, Section 50-6.2H to authorize development to encroach into a protected slope which has a grade greater than 20% and a protected slope setback. This will impact approximately 36,590 square .8 acres of slopes and setback, slope setback area. Two, a variance from the National natural Natural, Natural Features Protection Ordinance, Chapter 50, Section 50-6.2G, to authorize the removal of 71.7% of woodlands, increase of 21.7%, where 50% is the maximum permitted. Please note this request will not change the zone of classification of the property. This is a request only for variance. This is a request for variance only regarding the items described above. Will the applicant please step to the podium, sign in, provide your name to us slowly, please, and you'll have 10 minutes to exp uh, explain your request. Uh, 
Mm -mm. No, it's pressure thingy. Yeah, yeah, I do can hear you now. Good evening. There we go. Mm -hmm. um, Jason Rowley with AR Engineering representing Great Lakes Capital. Thank you for hearing uh, our request. As mentioned, uh, the site that we're looking um, to redevelop is at 3625 West Michigan Avenue. It's the old Hallmark Assisted Living Center. Um, the development team has been working uh, for a little over 12 months to navigate next steps on this, on this project. Um, I believe mid-year last year it was finalized to add this uh, property into the natural features protection overlay. Um, so as that was added, obviously that kind of changed the approach with the development. We worked closely with um, both the natural features folks as well as other city staff. Um, the initial submittal um, had far more uh, buildings and units on the development to really maximize the developability, the, the feasibility of the development. And uh, in working through that with the city, we've kind of toned that back, have looked at really where we can save, protect those natural features, minimize impacts, um, reducing, reducing those. So um, I'll go into um, the site. So one of the uh, one of the requests is really is with the uh, the slope impacts you see outlined in blue here. This is really where the slopes are greater than twenty percent. Um, could could you orient me in that map? Yeah. So so the site we can probably go to the next page. So we've got the aerial overlay. There's two okay. there's two entrances to the site off of uh, West Michigan. Um, this is a gas station. Here's the library. Um, and uh, so the existing site is, um, it does have a, uh, a basement level off the back. And off of this basement level, there's, um, the site does fall off to the south towards the railroad tracks, which are down at the south limits of the property. And so really what we're looking at is um, demolishing the entire site as it currently sits and redeveloping with um, uh, apartment complex. So f for this, the slope stabilization impacts, um, this area is greater than 20%. It ranges from about 20 to 32%. Um, and the standard, I guess, the standard slopes that you would put back in the normal development are, are typically on the 25% max range. And those are mobile slopes. So just to kind of put in perspective what is classified as a steep slope impact. 20% is um, a feasible slope to, to put back in a normal development with, with, with slope management. Um, so kind of walking through, we'll go over to the proposed. So as noted, we, we've originally had uh, looked to develop down, completely down to the south limits um, and have reduced that really as much as we're able to, to to walk through and navigate this project from a feasibility standpoint. Um, so we've got six units, six buildings. Um, there will be a clubhouse, uh, um, 
a fitness center, a, a pool, and other uh, amenities associated with this. Um, one of the items navigating with the city fire department was they were gonna require um, a, loop, a completely loop drive system to not create any dead ends uh, for safety on that standpoint. So uh, one of the layouts that we had looked at initially with the city was um, not having that looped connection and really it was required. And so that did cause really this, these impacts right, that you see kind of at the southeast corner of the, of the development. So navigating, I guess, moving into the, the tree removal side, um, based on the site characteristics, we're allowed in the overlay to remove up to 50% of the trees. We are asking for um, just over 70% to be able to remove, so an additional, um, an additional just over 20%. So as part of that, um, you'll notice kind of this large, so this is the, uh, the storm basin and you'll kind of notice this large area that's, that's, there's nothing. That's with the slopes that are on site, that's to manage that slope. So we would look to put back some planting, some vegetation and some other um, more desirable uh, species of trees and vegetation out there um, as part of restoring. So we look to bring that back to a more natural uh, restored portion. Um, in working through the stormwater side of things uh, in the overlay, there are more significant stormwater management requirements than just a typical site. So we did have discussions with um, city staff on if we could look at lessening those and it really, during those discussions, it was desired to maintain those stormwater regulations. So that's why you'll see really the impacts of the basin, the footprint, the size of that, and that really required some of the tree impacts as well. So is the red line, everything above the red line in the picture I'm seeing is where you want to remove the trees? Yes, so kind of going back to this, um, you can, you can kind of see the, um, so this would be the limits of what was being removed. And so that stormwater basin kind of sets right here. Um, that orange line, if you can see that at all, um, that, that is the limits of that, southerly limits of the pavement. So that line, that line's there. So the development actually kind of ends right at this location and the rest is to manage stormwater requirements and really manage those slopes to tie back into existing. And the trees interfere with that? I'm sorry? The trees like confound your plan for the stormwater? Yeah, so well, with the overlay, it it had additional requirements beyond um, what the city allows in other developable lands without the overlay protection. And so there's more restrictive requirements for stormwater management in the overlay. And so that, dri that drove the size of the footprint, the basin, which obviously has some impacts to, this, to the trees. So, uh if there's less units, there's less blacktop, and if there's less blacktop, there's less water concern? Correct. Thank you. It, and to kind of feedback off of that, we, as previously mentioned, we, we the existing building um, 
and the requirements to remove that, remove that and, and handle that and redevelop this site, there's obviously some costs associated with it. Um, one other thing to note is that we visited the site. I'm local in Kalamazoo. The development team um, does a lot of work in Kalamazoo and uh, northern Indiana. Um, they've been on site several times, and um, a handful of times that they've been on site, the police have either been there or been called there when they were out there. So the police have had quite a few um, calls to this property from uh, squatters and, and other folks causing damage and, and um, pilfering from, from the building. And so it, it's obviously it will clean up the site, and, there, and there's been some dumping in the back, so it will clean up the site, but in order to do so to make the development feasible, there's kind of a, a line to, to get the development to work from a, from a cost standpoint. But yes, you're correct. The less pavement you have, the less surface area you have, impervious area, the less the storms, the more opposite. How many units and what configurations? So there are three-story buildings. There's 164 units. Originally, we were in the <coughs> two. Excuse me. In the 220, um, units range is what was desired. There's 164 units proposed, um, and those are three-story buildings. And bedroom bath. Um, it does range from studio to three bed. Um, I believe a few of them will be the three bed, two bath. And the, the development is proposed to really create a, a small community apartment complex. There, like I mentioned, there's several amenities that they're looking at. We will be working closely with um, an architect at the next phase, landscape architect, um, and the city of Kalamazoo for um, you know, adding quite a bit of landscaping to create, yeah, a nice community feel to that apartment. Uh, do you know how long Great Lakes or its affiliates have owned the property? I'm sorry? Do you know how long Great Lakes or its affiliates have owned the property? So they're working with the seller. They're under a purchase agreement currently. They've been working with him for a little over 12 months. Um, he is the property owner that currently owns the assisted living. Um, he is working in a, um, they'll have an LLC entity with Great Lakes Capital to redevelop the property, but Great Lakes has been working on it for a little over 12 months. So the current owner is looking to sell it to Great Lakes LLC, but continue to be an owner in that LLC? Correct. Do you know who the current landscape company is for this property? The, the current landscape? Yeah. I don't. Uh, I drive by it a lot and it kind of looks like an eyesore, as you've described. Sure. But the gentleman owns it, or female, or whoever owns it. I think you said he, yes. so that would be appropriate. But um, seems to me it'd be appropriate to knock down the weeds. And I hereby ask Mr. Eldridge if the property has been reviewed for uh, whatever it is that people get tickets for. Uh, mm. But I've, I've driven by there all, all summer, and the weeds are three, four feet. Yeah. I don't know if that's the landscape strategy or... Well, yeah, it's, or been, it's been vacant for quite some time. Yeah, obviously. but a vacant house still has to have the lawn mode. Sure. Uh, so what I'm saying is it calls into a little bit of question of the stewardship of the land uh, and this project. So I just wanted to make sure I understood everything. Um, thank you. And, and to say, kind of feed off that point, um, Great Lakes Capital would like to demolish the building as early as next month if they could. Um, they're working on pricing and figuring that out. 
but they're obviously not going to invest that money unless we can continue to move forward. So um, they've they've held off looking at that, but um, I will definitely pass along the concern from the board and the comments from the board about the 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 feel of yeah it currently. It, it would have. It would have gone off better if it had been maintained, at least at the street view. I mean, in the back, I get it. Nobody sees that. But at the street view, uh, every WMU student and their parents saw that uh, tragedy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Any questions? So does the, are these two variances tied together? Does the greater encroachment into the setback cause the needed reduction in the amount of trees? Yeah, they are directly tied together. Um, uh, and re really it was, you know, and obviously we attended, I think on August 23rd in front of the NFP board. And, you know, we had a good discussion and um, both of them were found to be favorable to approve, um, recommend approval. Uh, because really the lengthy effort that we went through to find that happy medium with what the city saw as uh, feasible impacts versus um, not feasible, so. Pete, do we have a recommendation from the NFP board on this? Yes. We, we do. We do have a recommendation from the NFP board. Their meeting was August 23rd and they recommended approval. They did place the approval uh, with one condition, and that is uh, replanting of the area south of the retention pond, which actually was area that you were kind of asking about where the trees are coming out, um, you know, with, with native trees and, and, and grasses and so forth. So there's, that condition is listed in here, and we'll, you know, I'll make sure to, I, I can, reiterate the entire condition uh, when we get to the making of the motion. So that'll compensate. So since we're at 50%, that's what's allowable. And if they increase the, the woodlands by 21.7%, then they believe that's why they made that recommendation and said that it'll all be equal out. No. That's wrong thinking? Okay. They want to cut down 40% more or 20% more, depends on how you use your language. Yeah. Um, okay. They want 40% they want more than that then is allowed. Then, then is they it, want to cut down more. 40, oh, I know. I'm reading it. I'm not going to okay. get myself worked up tonight. You do have a good spirit, though, but I'm not going to get myself worked up. Okay. No, I, I, yes. I, I think the idea was like, well, Oh. Yeah, that Thank was you. what yeah. that is what I was asking you. Oh. It will offset it. It will offset it. Yeah, that is what I was asking, Kristen. You're correct. And but he's saying that they want to take down forty more percent. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so you're, so you're allowed to remove fifty percent whereas you're set Yes. Forty percent above twenty percent more than what's allowed, but of the remaining fifty percent, it's forty percent of the remaining fifty percent. Right. And, and one of the comments that came back from the NFP board was that this kind of bare area that's shown on the plans, they would desire it to be replanted, revegetated, and we have no problem with um, 
adding a, a very extensive landscape plan when we get to that point. Yeah. And it will go back before the NFP board for them to review and approve or recommend approval on the site. I know, but cutting all them trees down now, we got to brief it, today. It, it, you know, it, and I guess one of the one of the hard things is obviously, you know, this was looked at. Um, it was started to be looked at over 12 months ago, which um, at the time was prior to everything was put in place. This site was originally not in. It got added in the second version of the protection. And, um, you know, to the west and to the east, both kind of maximize the development while saving trees. Sure. Yeah. And that's what the intent would be too here is, um, it is to, to maximize what makes, what works for the development and for, you know, the cost standpoint, but minimize the impacts as much as possible. And that's why we've reduced it by over 60 to 70 units um, than what we previously had submitted to the city initially. Okay. I have a couple questions. <clears throat> Since I am doing the uh, finding a fact, sir, could I have your last name again, Jason? Sure. It's R-A-L-E-I-G-H. Oh, Rally? Yep. Okay, Mr. Rally. Some of the concerns that I have that I would like to revisit some of what you've said and, and looking for some clarification. Um, you know, to the residents that live in that neighborhood, um, which I'm one of them, you drive down West Michigan and in alignment with, with what um, Jeff was saying, it's disconcerting to see property that I feel is blighted and then we also have Great Lakes Shipping Company very much nearby that, in my opinion, is blighted and is torn down. And I really respect the fact that you're saying, you know, I'll bring this up. You know, we should get this taken care of. And yet when I look at the actions, I kind of get the feeling of it's, well, you know, we're not sure we can move forward with this. So you know, we're, we're just going to let it go. And I, I, I can understand that and to some degree respect that, but then what about the people living in that neighborhood? It, it sends a mixed message. Um, you know, and, and I, I would like to have something in writing. I would like to have something... Um, is a good faith effort, but, but with some accountability. That yes, you know, next week we're going to take some stewardship, some ownership of that property, and we're going to clean it up for you guys, Kalamazoo, whether we get what we want or not. You know, we, we care about the neighborhood, we're invested. Um, we've scaled back from 220 units to 164. We're looking to build a community, we're working with the fire department safety to have the, the loops and things like that um you know would you be able to do that yeah obviously i'm not the owner to have okay. that great great lakes capital is invested to they're working um on other developments in and around kalamazoo county mm -hmm. and they're invested in 
you know, bringing these projects to fruition. And as I mentioned, they would really like to demolish the building. Obviously, they're the financial aspect of the development um, in uh, the holdings company that, that currently owns it. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, he has let this go. And, um, you know, Great Lakes Capital does want to come in and they would like to demolish this building next week if they could. Um, but I, I don't see a reason why we, they can't get um, a mower company out there next and, week and, and get that, I mean, really the front yard, the front yeah. entrance portion of that um, cleaned up, mowed, at least brush hogged down. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the plantings, um, I, know, I know some of the plantings around the foundation there obviously have let go. Um, okay. The hope would be that they can do some cleanup in the front and be able to get out there and work kind of next steps with the city to, to get the demo demolition permit in order. Um, obviously this ask is, is a big kind of tipping point with the project. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from the development side, they, um, you know, investing a little bit in the, in the mowing side of it, that's, that's okay, that's fine, that's not a big deal, um, but they wouldn't be able to move forward with demolishing it if right. they can't make the remainder of the project balance. Okay. Um, you know, thank you for sharing with us about the, the south part of the property and the steep slope and the fact that the police have been called and that there have been people living on the property. Um, so I, I, I get that. Um, you know, looking over the notes here, it, you know, the, the amount of hard wood that is needing to be removed, and I hear what you're saying, a lot of it has to do with the um, storm drainage system and the slope and um, that needing to be done, but it takes 40 years to grow a good tree. Um, you know, looking at your notes here, you know, native seed mix, grasses, and trees. Um, now we have to think about this, um, but I would like to see something in there. You had mentioned about working with a, a quality landscape company, that there's an elaboration on the trees, that it's quality hardwood, deciduous, you know, you know, not the cheap Chinese elm trees and the birches that trunks rot out. Yeah, and I, th I think from the from the landscape side side of things, obviously there is a desirable list that the city does have in the ordinance, um, and obviously I don't think there's any concern having a notation of kind of desired species in a general standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, being tied to that, I, I don't see any reason why the owner's team would be um, have any angst against planting um, desirable hardwood trees back there. Okay. All right. Thank you. Are there any other? Mr. Chair, please. I, I mean, that's part of the that condition placed on the you know the recommendation for approval that came from the Natural Features Protection Review Board was to address, you know, the, the type of plantings. And as Mr. Raleigh alluded to, when this does go to site plan review, there is a step that involves 
the Natural Features Protection Review Board looking at the site plan again. So, so they saw it when it first came to the board for the recommendation for, for the variances and that same board will, will get to revisit the site plan. Can, can I ask a question about the Natural Features Protection Review Board? What, what, do, what is their job? What is their job to do? So the Natural Features Protection Review Board, their job is to administer the Natural Features Protection Ordinance and look closely at the, you know, the, the qualifying features on a property, whether it's slope or it's uh, woodland coverage, and um, evaluate that with the developer's plan for development of the site. Um, the NFP ordinance is, it's intended to strike a balance between preservation and allowing development to occur. So it is not, you know, it, it is not, um, you know, a, a mandate to not allow development to occur. It is, I mean, the image in front of us, looking at the property to the, to the right, to the east, you can see the apartment buildings, and you can see that there's, you know, there's a few trees in between the buildings and adjacent to the parking lot, but that's what happens with a typical development project of this scale. The site is clear cut, it's graded down, and then buildings are built and some landscaping plan is then implemented, which means all the mature vegetation is gone. And so the Natural Features Protection Review Board and their charge to enforce the, the ordinance, you know, is to make sure that we're preserving these, you know, these woodland areas, these, um, you know, native planting areas, if there's, you know, I, you know sp certain species identified, um, making sure that development doesn't impact uh, steeply sloped areas, which in this case, you know, some of the slopes involved are due to the development that occurred on the neighboring properties that then disrupted the natural grade that, that did exist before. Um, Mr. Raleigh pointed out the, the fire lane wrapping around the building. Um, in fact, you have that image with the, uh, with the slope area identified. Um, one of the early iterations of this project did not have a loop road going all the way around the back of the southernmost building. You can see on the on the right side, on the, the southeast corner, um, there there's a you know steeply sloped area there that they were actually going to leave that alone. Um, but the uh, the fire marshal said for movement of fire apparatus, you know having a loop road that goes all the way around the building would be you know, the, the, the best, uh, you know, layout to have. So it was some of the, the, the city requirements that, uh, you know, caused, uh, well, that, that did result in the need to run a drive through that sloped area. And then the, the, the comments made about the retention pond area. So in order to create the retention pond, they've got to grade a larger area around where that retention pond's going, and they've got to take out the trees, and then they can dig down and build the retention pond and run the tubing and piping, and um, 
So, so that's why, you know, it's, it's a much larger area that shows trees being cleared than just where the retention pond sits. And that's the reason for the Natural Features Protection Review Board's um, condition that they placed on their recommendation for approval was to make sure that the south of that retention pond, that that all gets replanted with native, native plants and trees, um, you know, to, to restore that area. So you have, you know, what's south of that point that's left natural, untouched, and then you have the area directly behind the retention pond that's going to be replanted with native trees and shrubs and grasses and so forth. And, you know, so you'll, so when the site is complete, you know, there'll be a sizable natural habitat left south of the retention pond, as well as the other vegetation that's positioned on the developed site around the buildings. So I hope that, I'm just trying to like add a little background, and that's a good question, like how, like how does the NFP board, you know, perform their job and, and look at these sites? And so well, we had that training with them, and I asked that question then, I asked, I've asked it several times, and I just need to always get, I need that answer reinforced to me, because I have, I'm about three emails, and some of them have been longer than probably or about a year that I still haven't really responded to. But I think that it is the tendency of city staff to explain, to re-explain um, just the normalcy of, 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 of processes and just like the way that structures and systems have historically um, operated to reinforce the, you reinforce the status quo and you reinforce what, yeah, the legality, the laws, the technicality of the laws and the ordinances are. But that doesn't mean that when people come before us on this board that um, we can't um, take into consideration things like, I, like I think that the entire development should be re-looked at. I think that there should be a moratorium on developments like this, specifically when it's in opposition to what we say we stand for in our municipal plan um, surrounding the protection of the natural features, of natural features. Um, and there's, I don't have a way to, outside of my vote on this board, on the citizen board, to be able to make recommendations like that. And so I, I have to ask questions um, in the way that I do because I don't know why they can even be brought before us because that is just out of alignment. Like, and so I guess I just get to say no. Like if, if this is an opposition, you know, Beth mentioned it takes 40 years for a tree to mature and you have all the answers, Pete. Like so does the natural features protection and you can compensate for it in your development but it still doesn't mean that there's not going to be an implication for us as it relates to the environmental implications and we're dealing with the climate crisis right now. And that's hard for me. And I don't know how to contend with it to be quite honest with you. She's raising, add one, one comment here, but the, I mean, one, one thing we could do differently is I could advise the Zoning Board of Appeals when the NFP board is going to meet to discuss a project. So you would have the opportunity to actually go to the NFP meeting or watch it on YouTube 
um, when those meetings occur. I mean, they are recorded, so you could watch them after the fact, too, but that would, if you wanted to actually interact with the NFP board a little bit, and that might help bridge that gap, that understanding, um, that, that, you know, that's would be my suggestion. Mr. But, Chairman. Please. If I may add, it's kind of a refresher. Uh, there are certain standards for the uh, membership of the NFP board. Yeah, the professionals. So, uh, yeah, they, they are to have education or experience in water resources, wetlands, plants, trees, slopes, site development, and building construction. And then to assess. So that essentially adds a an additional layer of review and some expertise that members of this board may or may not have. Uh, not to slight the expertise of this board at all, but uh, uh, you don't necessarily come to this board or are required to have those specific qualifications. So it, it uh, does, uh, give you that, uh, that additional input. Uh, additionally, as, as far as what's replaced, um, you review the NFP ordinance. Uh, it has, as has been alluded to, uh, pretty detailed native or natural uh, quality uh, trees, shrubs, plants, and so forth that uh, are to be included in any replanting. So I think there is assurance that if there is a replanting, it's going to be uh, something that uh, is desirable as opposed to something that's undesirable. Thank you. Well, uh, maybe, uh, Ms. Harrington, let me, uh, I want to offer you the, the microphone during our discussion because okay. I, I have comments to concur with you, okay? Yes, um, uh, yes, Chair. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it might be a little bit more, so we can go through the procedure okay. of the opposition, so we can hear it all, and then, because I, I do concur with some of your comments and have more to make myself, but let's do that in discussion, and then maybe the NF, because uh, it seems like every time we get one of these NFP things that rubs us the wrong way or... Uh, causes us trouble. So maybe we need to have an agenda item. We have an other agenda item after these cases are over, and maybe we can discuss that again there, if need be. Okay. Is that satisfactory? That's, that sounds perfect. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Uh, any more questions of the applicant? Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. It was a long 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, those in favor of wishing to speak in favor of the application, please step to the podium. Seeing none, I'd like those opposed to the application to step to the podium and speak. Seeing none, are there any phone comments? No callers at this time. Thank you. Mr. Eldridge, uh, you have made some uh, comments already, which we've listened to. Do you have any additional comments? I, I will, and I'll, I'll keep this short. Um, so, you know, to Mr. Raleigh's point, you know, the, the initial NFP uh, mapped properties in 2019 did not include this property. It was added in phase two, which is 2021, 
when that was done. So this was uh, this, this parcel was a later add to the NFP overlay. Um, this site is a blighted site. This structure that's there, this former assisted living facility, is roughly roughly 50,000 square feet, and it has been a resource drain on our public safety department with the uh, homeless breaking into the building. Um, I, I honestly don't know the code enforcement status of the mowing, but I will I will check on that, and uh, Mr. Raleigh and I can exchange some emails to make sure that you know the frontage gets taken care of. Um, but this, you know, this this project represents you know an opportunity to see this site improved and uh, and put back into a viable reuse versus what uh, what's there now. Um, you know, I I'm just going through. I mean, I, I did touch on a lot of things. So and and to try to take the legal speak out of it. So this site. You know, the natural grade goes from West Michigan Avenue down as you work your way south towards the railroad tracks. And then you have some varying um, topographic changes on the sides due to the, the student housing developments, you know, to the east and the west. Uh, but, but typically with something like this, like I said, it would be, you know, a traditional development, they would clear-cut the site, and then they would go through and they'd regrade it to get the, the grades they want for positioning the parking lot and the buildings and so forth. And so, you know, the, you know, the, the NFP board is very mindful of what typically happens and, you know, the scope and the scale of what it takes to, you know, to grade out the areas around where retention pond is going to go. Um, you know, they looked at that closely, you know, they, uh, you know, looked at, you know, the woodland areas that could be, uh, could be saved. Um, the stormwater was something that the, the developer did, you know, ask staff for relief on. There was actually at one point, you know, an, a, a concept uh, proposed to the public services department to have a smaller retention basin and then have the overflow just go um, into the, the woods in the, in the event we had a large storm event and the pond filled all the way up, it would just flow into the wooded area to the south. And, uh, but, but, you know, that was not, um, not deemed ideal by the engineering staff. And so the larger retention basin was, was what was required by the city. So, you know, where it's hard to see a lot of mature trees cut down. You know, there are uh, elements of a project that need space on a property. And, you know, if, if this was a situation where the developer came in and said, I'm building all one-story buildings, and so I'm spreading everything out, and I need to cut all the trees down, of course we would look at that and say, why? You know, build up. You know, reduce your footprint. The developer, you know, is building up, is going with three-story buildings. Um, actually has uh, proposed less parking than what is required. I think that was outlined in the staff report that uh, this is student housing. It's what's allowed is two parking spaces per dwelling unit. The developer came in with a plan that's 1.4 parking spaces per dwelling unit. So less parking than what they could put on the site. I mean, that doesn't happen very often that 
you know, we're, we're looking at a developer that, that is, you know, going the direction of being more green. Um, you know, I, so I know it's difficult to, you know, see what's happening on the southern part of the property, but, you know, the retention basin has to be located somewhere, and, um, and that is where that, that condition came in to try to soften the blow of, of that grading that has to go on around the retention basin. So I, I hope that helps. If there's other questions, I'll be glad to answer them. Um, you know, but you know, like I said, the NFP board, you know, they they have the expertise, and you know, we are now comparing you know their actions with the review criteria and and determining um, you know the the correct direction to move tonight. Thank you. Um, will there be a motion for the finding of fact? I move that the finding of facts shall include all information included in the notice of public hearing dated August 24th, 2022, in the agenda packet staff provided for this request at 3625 West Michigan Avenue. 206 notices of public hearing were sent and one response was received, which is as follows. Catherine Dobbs of 3651 Kenbrook, Kenbrook Court submitted a letter in opposition due to the fact that she felt there was a conflict um, and wanted to support the city's natural features protection ordinance. In addition to all the things I have just mentioned, the finding of facts will also include the following. Mr. Jason Rowley from AR Engineering spoke representing Great Lakes Capital. They've worked with the city to um, scale back and reduce their footprint on this property, which is a former nursing home. They're also looking to um, demolish the building. The slope impacts greater than 20%, where 20% is the feasible slope. They're looking to develop six buildings, a clubhouse, a fitness center. Originally, they were looking to have 220 units. They've scaled back to 164 units. They've also scaled back on the parking to allow for, to eliminate the need for um, the concrete. These are three-story three um, units. Some will be studio, one and two bedroom apartments. Great Lakes Capital is also working with um, the fire department and they've gone to a lot of trouble to ensure that the, the traffic pattern back between the apartments is all looped in case of an emergency people can get in and get out. Um, the overlay, the natural features protection, 
um, ordinance overlay allows for 50% of the removal of the trees and they are asking for 70. The reason that they're asking for 70 is because of the slope, because of the drainage pond, all of the extra work that they have to do to maintain the systems. <clears throat> it was also shared that this um, area um, back behind the nursing home is um, a safety hazard to the community. There are a lot of um, homeless people breaking in, um, people staying on the property for more than 24 hours and just kind of camping out there. There's also been some dumping. If Great Lakes um, Capital were to acquire the property and move forward as they wish with this um, student housing project, um, those concerns would be eliminated. There's some discussion about um, the blighted nature and the filling of the property, especially for the people that live on that side of town. Um, in addition to our families and our students and everybody, all the traffic. And um, Jason said he would bring those concerns to the property owner and it specifically asked special request it would be possible for somebody to get that out there next week and just mow it down, make, make it look a little, a little nicer and kind of set the message that um, Great Lakes is here to stay, they've got a great plan, kind of pump the neighborhood up. Um, let's see. And I conclude. Thank you. I wanted to clarify uh, three things. Great Lakes Capital. Capital LLC is the current titled owner? That is incorrect. The Great Lakes, the, so the, so uh, the, that, that company has a purchase agreement. So they have an option to purchase it and they're working on the redevelopment plan. And they're allowed to request a variance, not the current owner? With consent of the property owner, they were allowed to proceed. So, yeah. Got it. Neither one of them are here this evening. Neither Great Lakes nor the current owner are here. This is the engineering company. Correct. The, the engineering company hired by Great Lakes. Very good. Uh, uh, Beth, I wanted to qualify or understand two things. You said reduce the footprint uh -huh. of the development. Is that reduce what they wanted or is that reduce what is compared to what is there currently? Because as I took it, they're increasing the footprint over what is there currently. Okay. And I uh, thank you for asking about that. What, what I meant by that was in working with the city, reducing their footprint from what their ideal is. Thank from, you. Uh, second question, you said scale back parking. Is that scaling back parking compared to what is there now or scaling back uh, based on their wishes? What I heard was based on their wishes. I'm not sure what, what the parking is now. Thank you. Is there a second to the motion? Second. All those in favor 
of accepting the finding of fact, please signify by saying aye. 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 And all those opposed, the same. The motion of the finding of fact has been accepted. Um, will there be a motion for the pending uh, first variance request? And I make a <clears throat> I make a motion from the Natural Features Protection Ordinance, Chapter Fifty, Section Fifty Dash. 6.2H to authorize the, the development proposed to encroach into a protected slope as a grade greater than 20% and a protected slope setback. This will impact approximately 36,590 square feet or 0.8 acres of slopes and slope setback in the area. Thank you. Will there be a second? Second. Thank you. Discussion? Ms. Harrington, did you have anything further you wanted to discuss? Thank you can go. I spoke so much, but I definitely have other things to say. Thank you. Anybody have discussion points? I do, I do have a few. Um, this is all leading up to the actual thing we need to decide today, and that is the six requirements in front of us. Uh, says here by uh, on city letterhead that the board shall approve a dimensional and it says the same thing for use variances well mr. chair there's there is um, separate standards for NFP variances got it and I'm sorry it isn't I don't think it's in your folder I think it's just on the the review sheet in the packet I do I do not have that I'll, I'll go on while somebody gets it for me um, one, one thing I wanted to, uh, since this is discussion and I can say whether I'm in opposition or uh, in favor, uh, it's concerning to me that most of these large projects, there's a litany of people here when the application is presented, the owner, uh, sometimes the attorney, the uh, seller. Last month we had the seller and the buyer here and we had uh, engineers on multiple occasions. but. This ties into the, re the fact that the property is currently blighted. That's nobody's fault but the owners. Uh, and the owner has not been taking care of it. So them not being here tonight and the property being in disrepair, and it's not my fault or the homeless person's fault or the city's fault. Thank you. Those two things add up to it seems like it's hard to support this if they're not here to speak their project into existence. Um, and those two things just, you know, you don't walk into an interview in sweatpants or not at all. And that's, this is kind of an interview for their application. I wanted to pick up on two things that uh, Mr. Aldred said about reduced footprint. He was mentioning, you know, a one-story uh, project, you know, the thing is reduce your footprint. And I want to I want to keep that in mind because we're increasing the footprint on this property. We're not reducing it. We're increasing the footprint. Even though we're going three stories in the air, we're increasing the footprint. And no one spoke to the elephant in the room. That is 
wouldn't be here if there were just less units proposed. There was no financial data. I, it, it was said that the project is not feasible. This is, this is the thing that makes the project feasible. Well, I can hear that, but there's no data or proof behind that. So I don't know what the break-even ROI or the internal ROI on this project is in terms of units. So in a, without data, I can't accept this is, the, this is the minimum number of units and footprint that will make this project feasible. Because there's already a footprint there, and that business was feasible. So uh, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, and finally, somebody gave me, and I appreciate it here. Oh, I thought I had. I, I don't know what the, the variance issues or criteria are. Is this, is this for the natural features? It's in the packet. So it's in, it's in the packet. Is that information right there? All right, so, thank you. The parcel cannot be reasonably utilized for its zoned use. It doesn't meet the first criteria because the parcel can be used, reasonably utilized for its zoned use. It was zoned for whatever it was before and it can be used for that and it can be used for other things. This doesn't meet the first criteria. The extent of relief requested is the minimum needed to permit reasonable utilization of the site. It doesn't meet that one. The minimum needed, relief needed, is zero because it's already a developed site. And I have never read these before, I'll be honest with you, but uh, it's not like I knew this in advance, but I was going off of our own variance requirements. Number four, the granting of the variance is the minimum action that will make possible the carrying out the spirit of the ordinance. This is not the minimum action necessary because the minimum action necessary has already occurred. There's a development there and it's not being taken care of. So I have concern that we're gonna approve this reach and we're not even taking care of what we already have. And it is demonstrated that the relief can be granted without substantial detriment to public good. Uh, we can talk to the people in Pakistan about all the flooding, and I know that what we do here may not impact them there, but nobody, nobody can answer this question, number three. Not the experts on the board, the NFP board, not me, not the people in Pakistan. We can't say that this will not have a negative impact on our public. The I'm just reading this. I don't know if this meets it or not, but I'm reading it to you. The request for relief is, ba is balanced by the use of conservation and or green development tools. I'll stop there. There's a whole other paragraph. I think it meets that requirement, but it doesn't meet the other three, and it doesn't meet number four in our use variance. Uh, so if you couldn't tell, I'm in opposition. M Mr. Chair, one option the board has is to table this and send the applicant back to gather more information and return next month. I mean, you're making some very good points about the, you know, the, the, the financial. Why would we do that if we haven't done that to every other person? We, we sent these people out here with a no because they didn't meet the requirement. Thanks. We didn't say come back next 
month. That's yes, no, we didn't yes, say that to them. Well, theirs is not a two-tiered review process where, you know, we've had a separate board already review the application before it came before the Zoning Board of Appeals. But it's the same thing. The ordinance says they can't have the fence. This ordinance says they can't have the 40% more. What's the difference? But this ordinance also says that it's, it's trying to strike a balance between preservation and allowing development. So if but it doesn't meet the criteria. Not right now, please, thank you. Go ahead. So, I mean, that's, I'm just, I'm just saying, you, you, you mentioned a couple of things that, you know, certain information wasn't available tonight, the owner wasn't here, maintenance of the site has been, you know, unacceptable, I mean, there's- so we, get, we give them a pass, like- no, no, I can you put your microphone on, Christine? Oh, sorry. I don't need more information. No, no, they, they, no, didn't, no. they didn't show up. No, that's fair. And uh, they didn't mow the lawn. And I have concern that this project going forward will have the same culture. Yeah. No, no that's, that's, that's absolutely fair. I'm just pointing out that he, I think he thought you wanted more information, which would necessitate more time. But yes. But they if you don't need more information, this, that's. This, these people had an opportunity to give us as much information as possible in their 10 minutes. So did they. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying that that was his uh, his offer was. If I appreciate you... it. What was your question, sir? If we can keep it. To... No, I, I was just going to mention. Obviously, uh, I reached out to the charter before the meeting. Had, uh, because I was aware of the The development team to join virtually. He came down with COVID yesterday. He wanted to make it. He was planning to make it. He wasn't able to. I had reached out to ask if he could join virtually. Um, there wasn't an option. There isn't an option. Um, Obviously, he would be able to speak to some of the concerns that have been brought up about the existing condition and the investment and the ROI and those financial sides that he runs and has through. Has obviously, it is a large investment. I believe it's thirty to forty million dollar investment to read. What was the question? I was just letting you know that he I did want. I am sorry, he has COVID and he couldn't make it. Was that the current owner? Or is that somebody with Great Lakes? That is Great Lakes Capital, which would be the owner, the future owner. Would be the future, but the current owner doesn't have COVID. The current owner, I do not, I do not ha have contact with him, and he is definitely not in the state or around this area. So Great Lakes is what? What state is the LLC Great, in? Great Lakes is they have they're out of Michigan and Indiana. And the owner. So these are two. The owner and the new owner are not in Michigan. Thank you. My, my concern here is, thank you, sir. You know, there were several things that are really disconcerting for me being on a constituent board or a citizen, citizen board, constituent board. Um, and the first thing is that this is just a peripheral, unfortunate, uh, an unfortunate and peripheral byproduct of the fact that our Natural Features Protection Board, um, they have such a level, in spite of all their education, that I may or may not have. Um, they, are, they have so much leniency surrounding the development of properties um, that they, the conservation leaning their, their philosophical bent surrounding development feels as though that takes priority over the, cons the conservation of the green space, which 
I'm under the impression that the Natural Features Protection Board, with all the education that they have, um, you know, they're they're creating the space for our community to be able to maintain the integrity of our commitment to conserving green space because, again, we are in a climate crisis. Um, and so if our governance and our entities that hold so much education, so, so much education, to whom much is given, much is required, they're in a position of governance um, so that they can be able to protect the constituency. And I, I find it to be, again, very disconcerting that they have taken that position and, and have been very, I mean, I find them to be very just, they're 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 kind of flexible on that on that tip. They come they, they we come they, these cases come before us regularly, and we're constantly having to be put in a situation to be contentious and antagonistic towards developers like yourself. And I think it's unfair. Um, I also don't like the idea that you know we're using the homeless and blighted properties um, and these types of things, education, all of that feels really, it, it, you know, if, so that means like if people that are, the constituency that don't have as much education, like are we not able to, and I do have an undergraduate degree, let me just say that too, so, but if I didn't, am I, does my voice not matter? Do I not count? Does that not matter? I don't like that those things are being said on this board or even being brought up in those types of ways. The homeless, these things are, the, the tone in which we're using, um, the, the way that we're defining people and how they're situated in our community, I don't like the tone. And I think we need to change that because it, the homeless people, they're around a blighted property, then that needs to be, we have to call public safety. like. That's that's tacky. It's tacky. I just don't think it's reality, we, though. But it, it might be reality, but it's tacky. Ms. It's Ms. tacky. Ms. Heard, uh, whether I concur or not, it's my job to keep us straight in the line. Could I ask you to? I'll, I will have an agenda item after the closure of the cases, and we can discuss the NFP board. And I concur with you. Um, everything's painted with rose-colored glasses. I get it. It's a sales pitch. I mean, I'd be doing the same thing if I wanted an eight-foot fence or whatever I whatever I wanted in my life. Um, but your concern, I concur with your concern about the blight, uh, and it doesn't mean we should rush to development. Is is I, I agree. Kind of, kind that's of what, what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's what I was saying about my emails. Like I haven't responded back because I'm still. I still would say that I'm learning, you know, and I, I hope to be a lifelong learner. But I, like, I think they're, again, I'm saying this again, I said it in the emails, I think that there potentially should be a moratorium on development until we get these types of things worked out. Like, I, I don't like how things are being handled. And I'm saying that I am on a constituent board, I'm saying that as a constituent, I don't like it. Thank you. Would you support me if I asked others for Absolutely. discussion? Thank yeah. you. So in this case, I'm gonna be in favor of the granting of this variance. Um, you know, one thing I like about living in Kalamazoo is that I think we're, I think we have a local government that has, in a progressive way, um, tried new 
statutory ordinance schemes to protect natural features. Perhaps procedurally, it might have some kinks. Perhaps the balance hasn't been set right. Those are wide open questions upon which reasonable minds can differ. Uh, I'm grateful to live in a city where conversations with developers, it sounds like at this natural features protection and with city staff happen and that um, people are cognizant of the different needs of the parties involved. In this case, I think um, with great deference to the Natural Features Protection Board, um, the parcel cannot be reasonably utilized for its zone use without the relief requested. Um, Pete painted the picture of what a typical development might look like in which it was clear cut and graded so that um, the developer could build easily what it wants to build to meet its purpose. Um, whether that's financial or its actual concrete purpose, which in this case is residential housing. I think in further answer or sort of thought on that, um, we know that there are knock-on effects when development in the residential arena doesn't happen at sort of an expected or an ongoing clip. There are rising costs for um, for housing for people, and there's not enough housing for people. I mean, we're at the tail end of a long period of time where there was a dearth of development, and I'm so, I think we're so lucky to be hearing cases where developers are asking for variances to do projects because maybe that's part of the solution where more housing does get built. Um, in this case, whether it's because of economic feasibility or not, um, this site cannot be used as it is for the scale of the development that is permissible here without encroachment into the slope. And so I think it cannot reasonably be utilized for its zoned use without the requested relief. I think the extent of the relief requested is the minimum needed to permit reasonable utilization of the site. The evidence I have that this is the minimum is my belief and my trust that the back and forth process that was described to me both by city staff and by the applicant here today um, from the engineering firm is that there was a give and take. There were discussions had about how the water runoff would work and what could and couldn't happen and how that was impacted then subsequently by um, some fire safety type issues. Uh, so I believe that um, in good faith, the parties that have already discussed this uh, have brought to us what is the minimum needed in order to reasonably utilize this site. Uh, I think it's demonstrated that the relief can be granted without substantial detriment to the public good and will not substantially impair the intent and the purpose of the NFP overlay district. Again, I'm giving great deference to the NFP board, not only because of their training and experience. We had one Zoom call where we met them and um, I found there that they professed, you know, uh, uh, a strong desire to not only protect the natural features, but, you know, to be environmental stewards and to help uh, our local government govern our city and 
make this new statutory scheme work for everyone in an optimal way. Um, and so I, I believe that that's been met as well. Uh, the requested relief is balanced, the next one, the requested relief is balanced by the use of conservation and or green development tools and actions such as utilizing storm water best management practices from the Michigan Low Impact Development Manual that promote infiltration, restoration, or expansion of a natural feature on the site or use a wild type native plant. Well, some of that wild type native plant will come in a later uh, part of the review process with the natural features protection, but we've already heard talk today about how uh, the stormwater runoff plan was adjusted after conversations. So I also believe that one has been met. As such, I will be in favor of this, uh, the slope variance. Thank you. Anybody else with discussion points? I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be in, in. I'm in opposition to this because, unfortunately, I. Well, you can abstain. Can it? You can abstain. I know I've done that before. I'm just. No. You know that's okay. I just feel like we're. I can't. I don't feel confident in. Um, the information that we've received in terms of the recommendation from the NFP board. Party wish. Yeah, Mr. Chair, if I, if I may, I mean, I, I mean, we've only had a handful of these cases and, you know, before this vote occurs, I just, like I said, I, the, we have, the board has the option, you know, to table it till the next meeting. We can bring in the economic data that you're asking for. We can bring in the liaison to the Natural Features Protection Review Board to speak about this particular case and why the board made um, it, you know, I mean, there's, I, I, I'm not, you know, we're just in an early period of utilizing this new ordinance and dealing with these sort of development variances. And I just, you know, I want, I want the board to understand that you know, there's there's options here, but we definitely need to figure out how to resolve these concerns before we just get to this point in the you know in the evening. And it's it's got to there's got to be interaction occurring before this. Again, uh, I concur. Uh, I'm going to table. I appreciate the comment. I'm going to table further discussion on that till the open agenda item because I do concur. Maybe we need to, when we know there's a case coming, we got to do our homework and watch that yeah. or go to. So, uh, but let's let's table that so this gentleman and the next applicant can get their, their time at the podium. Uh, are there any other discussion points? Unfortunately, are, are you, or, go ahead. Are you going to table this or no? I, I was going to no make a motion. Uh, there's a motion on the I'm going to make a motion that we table this item, this one, they move this, okay. till October. Just a second. This motion has to be voted on because there's a second. Okay. Then you can, you can table the second variance, but then we currently have a seconded motion that needs a vote. Okay. Uh, well, I can ask Attorney Baird to clarify, but unless the motion is you know, if the maker of the motion and the seconder of the motion, you know, choose to 
remove their actions, would that then? They could, can do that if they choose to do so. So, so there is a way to reverse out of having a motion on the table and not having to be forced to vote. That's all I'm pointing out. Thank you. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say I don't think anybody's being forced to vote, uh, but um, because with our free will, but nonetheless, will there be a rescinding of the motion? I, I, am, I am willing to rescind if people would like to push, push it to next month. Oh, push the button. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm willing to rescind my motion should people decide they need more time. I don't need more time. I, I said what I said, but I could, I mean, if we waited, then I would absolutely be in support of like getting more information about this case and if I got more information that felt appropriate to sway my determination then I would go that way but with thank what you. I have right now I'm saying no. Thank you. I'll accept the rescinding of the first motion. Is that the, uh, the seconder of the motion was Mr. Oh. Bogger? No, Mr. Turpening. My apologies. I will not accept the rescinding until after Mr. Tristan. Yeah, I'll, I'll rescind my second based on the motion that we table this discussion and vote for one month from now. So I'm taking your second rescinding, and is that a second on the tabling by Beth? Uh, I, yes. rescinded, I rescinded my second and made the motion that Thank we you. table okay. until next month. Okay. You want to second that for him? <laughs> I second. Uh, all those in favor of tabling uh, are you real quick, the two people who made the motion are you res are you tabling both variance requests or just one? I would like to table both of the variance requests in this specific case. And I second that both. Thank you. So all those in favor of tabling both variance requests for 3625 West Michigan until next month. Uh, oh, there'll be a roll call vote or do you just need a voice vote? We can just do a voice vote on this. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. And those opposed? Hearing none, this uh, matter, I forget your last name. Rally, Mr. Rally, uh, we'll table this until next month. Um, in that time, um, those people on the board who have more questions, how do we get a hold of you? Or Pete, do we put those questions to you? Yeah, we can, we can talk about that at the conclusion of this meeting. Very well. Thank you for your time. Thank you. All right. Uh, would the secretary read the final application into the record? An application for the provisions of the zoning ordinance has been filed with the Zoning Board of Appeals by Simbarashe Chin oh I'm so sorry. Chinara is um, um, for uh, 1801 Oakland Drive in zone RS5. 
The applicant is requesting a use variance from Chapter 4, Section 4.1 to authorize a short-term rental or lodging land use in one of the three apartments on the complexes where the Zone RS5 rentals are limited 30 days or more under the def definition of household living. Please note this request will not change the zoning classification of the property. This is a request only for variance regarding the item described above. Thank you so much. Will the applicant step up to the podium? If you would sign in and then speak your name slowly for us, that would help us. Uh, that was pretty close. It's uh, Sumbarashi Ch Chirara. So, but, uh, good, good evening. Um, so close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I know uh, it's late, late at night, and so some of you want to go catch catch the football game. So I'll try to be quick. But uh, good evening. Um, my name is Simba Chirara. I'm from 1801 Oakland Drive. Uh, and I'm requesting a use variance um, to allow me to do short-term uh, rentals. Um, a little bit of background. Um, so I bought the property back in 2017. Um, it's a three-unit property. Um, you know, I, I've stayed in one of the units uh, since purchase and leased out the other two units. Um, I'm looking to turn um, one of the units into a short-term um, through Airbnb, um, and you know, I've invested significantly in this one unit uh, property, and you know, through remodeling as well as uh, furniture updates. Um, there are three reasons really that I'm I'm looking to pursue this uh, opportunity. The the first one is just the unique features of the property. So, it's a you know multiple dwelling unit, uh, owner occupied. Um, next to me, there actually uh, multi-family unit properties that are rentals as well. Um, the location of it, so it's on the outer edge of the, um, you know, Oakland neighborhood and right at the edge of uh, two busy streets, which are Oakland and Howard Street. Um, I'll also say uh, another unique feature is just the big parking lot that is there. Um, and the property is uh, located opposite a, you know, fire station or police station. Um, so that's one, one point. The second one is just uh, related to you know, income and target market. So with short-term rentals, as you know, uh, right now, there are more, there's more for more, you know, mobile workforce. Um, so you know, being in, in Kalamazoo, where we have Borges, uh, Bronson, I'm, I'm trying to target travel nurses uh, who are here for a short-term, shorter stay as well as you know, temporary stay needs for people who are traveling, say from, you know, uh, Pfizer or Stryker. Um, I think one of the difficulties I've had uh, was, you know, it's a rental property and I've listed out, but I haven't been able uh, to get like market rates, uh, as well as, you know, generate the income to maintain the property, you know, at the level that is desired for the neighborhood. So. Um, part of the reason I'm, I'm pursuing this plan and I've invested significantly is, you know, to be able to generate additional income um, by, by making these changes and also be able to, you know, plow it back into the property. 
Um, so that is the second reason I'll highlight. And then just finally, um, I, I, I also understand the concerns of the city and, you know, how it affects or impacts, you know, the people around me. So I, I mentioned the unique features. I mentioned where we're located um, and also having rentals there. But I, I did do, a, you know, a, an outreach as required. So the people I talked to or well, was at least able to talk to, I, I got positive re responses from them. So. I sent to Mr. Aldridge, uh, I think four, four people were in support, who at least I talked to. I did encounter some challenges walking around the neighborhood where no one really came to talk to me or, you know. So I felt like, you know, that, that those were some of the challenges in, in me being able to get more feedback. Uh, but I also reached out to the uh, Neighborhood Association and I talked to Mr. Kushner, who you know, express that um, you, he wouldn't have any concerns as long as, you know, the requirements of the city are met and there's appropriate certification. So um, I think that's, you know, really all I would want to uh, highlight. And, and, and I'd also say I understand the, I guess, the spirit of the ordinance, you know, to maintain low intensity, um, you know, residential uh, stays. And, I just want to say it's been a rental all this time. I'm changing it to a shorter term stay. We won't really change anything in terms of how things are. I stay on the property, so I'm able to monitor things more. Um, I'll also say there are benefits of a shorter term stay in that, one, I'm able to, you know, Airbnb does a great job in screening for people. Um, so there'll be quality people coming. Um, you know, there are limits to the number of people, so it won't change the number of people flowing in, and I'm able to at least monitor that. So I don't foresee this being an, a nuisance to the neighborhood. Um, yeah, uh, I think I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah. While you're pausing, does the board have questions? Who did you have a problem with talking to? What was the barrier? Who were you? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was a problem, uh, you know, talking to anyone. I did go around and I was. I, I knocked on some doors. I think um, the way a lot of the houses are set up, the the doors are like way within. Like you have to actually go into someone's property and go in. And I, yeah, I was. It was a little bit difficult for me just because of concerns for myself too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there weren't really uh, challenges per se in terms of like people weren't responsive. The people I talked to were all in favor. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Pete, because um, the applicant lives on the property, this wouldn't qualify as a bed and couldn't be shoehorned into the bed and breakfast provision? It could be if, if the applicant wanted to treat it like a bed and breakfast situation, but that wasn't how it was uh, okay. was laid out. I mean, I guess just to clarify, so a bed and breakfast means you're you're providing, um, you know, clean linens and at least service of each at least one meal per day to the guests. So, but in this case, you're looking at more reaching the mobile workforce and letting them rent the unit and provide their own meals and take care of their own household needs. 
So, so, so no, that wasn't. That wasn't it. Okay. Really, my understanding was that's not what the owner was looking to do. Pete, is this an RS five? Yes, it is. Okay. I, I could have very well overread it. Thank you. I know one of the concerns was parking. Um, you, you have sufficient parking for your guests? Correct, yeah. It's, it's actually one of the, probably the only house within the neighborhood which can take, I don't know, I, I tried to provide a photo of it, but it's a really big parking lot. Could take five or six cars, I'd say. Thank you. Are there other questions of the applicant? Are these a, are these going to be apartments or rooms? Um, so yeah, uh, it's um, I'm asking for um, you know use variance for one unit. Um, there are two bedrooms within it, uh, and the idea is if people want to take both, that's fine. If they want to do it by room as well, I think we've also added features within it to allow for that. Is your, um, are the units currently registered? So that is how I came to know of, you know, the, oh, sorry, I, I saw a hand raised. Um, to answer your question, um, the one I'm trying to get approval for right now is not, uh, and that is because when it came to time to do the updates, annual, I think it's annual updates, I notified the city that I'm actually looking to do um, short-term rentals. So that's how I actually got to know of this and actually took a pause because I put a lot of money to make all these changes, remodeling and furniture. And I was really about to go, but then, you know, when I found out about this, that's where um, the communications really started for me to make sure I at least got the go ahead. So no, but I, again, the idea is that I can do the short-term rental. Is the other unit that you're renting out, that's registered? Uh, it's currently going through an inspection, so I did get- It's uh, in process. Yes. Gotcha. Other questions? Thank you. You can have a seat. I can take, okay, thank yeah. you. Uh, I don't see anyone in the audience, but might there be anybody outside that wants to speak in favor of this? Or in opposition? Or maybe by phone? <laughs> Sorry. No callers. Thank you. Mr. Aldridge, do you have comments? I, I just have a few brief comments. I think the, you know, I've been working with, uh, uh, the property owner uh, for some time on this. Uh, he put quite a bit of information in the application. He did make reference to his, his level of outreach um, to the Oakland Winchell Neighborhood Association as well as the surrounding property owners. Um, and as you can see, there's, there's more public feedback for this case tonight than any other cases on the agenda. Um, you know, some of the uh, defining features of this site um, are that the, the driveway uh, does face outward uh, and, and connects to Howard Street, which is a neighborhood collector, not a, a residential street per se. This property is on the outer edge of the Oakland Winchell neighborhood. 
and faces the, the, the public safety station as well as Western Michigan University property. So there, there is th those unique elements as well as it being a, a legal non-conforming three unit. Um, so we have, you know, these uh, situations where there's already multiple dwelling units on the property, which in this case allows for the owner to live there as well as um, you know, have rentals that, that he's able to keep a close eye on. So, you know, that's, that's a, a, a unique feature. And then, of course, there's parking for up to six cars. Um, so I'm, I'm still not sure why there's parking concerns uh, from neighbors on Hillcrest, but uh, um, that kind of came through in the public feedback that was received. So, you know, you know, to, to, to sum it up, there's, you know, there are, you know, unique circumstances that do apply to this property. And, um, you know, the, the impact on adjacent properties um, would be negligible in, in staff's opinion, you know, given the, the, the owner is there, given the fact there's, there's two other dwelling units on the site. Um, you know, this, you know, there is, there is a need for this, for the, the mobile workforce. Um, now granted a lot of those, you know, those mobile individuals are, are looking for, you know, one to three months. They're not looking for 30 days or less. Um, but there, there, there is a need, you know, to accommodate housing for, for short-term workers in our community. And, you know, with that being said, you know, staff is supportive of the request. Um, I just want to make sure that the board, you know, reviews the public feedback received and, you know, the, you know, the concerns identified in those communications. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any additional questions before we establish the finding of fact? So in thinking about those conditions, I think one of the conditions I saw suggested had to do with, of course, having it registered, which, I mean, I think everyone would agree with. Um, typically, a variance runs with the land. And once we make grant a variance on something, it applies to the subsequent owners. Was there a suggestion in here, or am I just thinking of this now there that was. it stick just with this owner? There was. Well, um, I, I believe the second one is the variance only be applicable while the current owner lives on premises. Now, current could also mean the active owner, not necessarily just him. Okay, while the owner lives on premises, would you have? A, do you have any problem with that condition? Why don't we have the applicant step forward so we can... You, you're welcome to stay at the podium and stand for the, for the next half hour. Sure, thank you. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to make sure I understood. So this would mean it, it only applies to me and not anyone else, say I was to sell the property. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have concerns with that. But why does he have to, why does well, he have to do that? I don't know. I, I read it differently. He is the active owner. So that would be running with the land right, and what right. you're saying is what he Oh, so, so I think the two ways to think about it are whether it's just with Mr. Chirara or whether it's with anyone that chooses to reside there. So it's quasi or de facto bed and breakfast. So if you 
move. Right. He, you you can't move. That's well, what that, I would do. I, would, I think the I think the <laughs> sort of the more forgiving position would be so long as Mr. Chirara owns it. You gonna live there in the short term rentals, but you might want to move into a different right. house. Yeah. You might want to. You know what I mean? So okay. I might have spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah, I, it just it just would revert back to a tradition, traditional rental. rental. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the reasonable position. Yeah. All right, Wait, can he be clear? Are you clear what they're saying? So, if you live on right. the property, it can be utilized in this short-term rental capacity. But However, if you opt to move, it goes back to being Perfect. used as its current use. Okay, but I, I thought you said uh, if, you know, based on ownership, so if I was to move but I still owned it, it could still be a short-term rental, correct? If, no. So, well, so we, I mean, we have the ability to make any condition. I mean, we could make it that, you know, the owner would have to live on premises, or we could make it, we've got an owner here that's demonstrated, you know, this outreach and all this stuff. We could, as we could make it run with this owner's ownership interest. Okay. But you so want to use it. I, would, I, would, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to, you know, but I think it would, it would be, or at least I'd appreciate if it's, if I could get it to be flexible. Um, I, I do understand the concerns for the neighborhood, but I'm sure there are always workarounds to make sure. But I feel like it would be a little limiting to that makes sense. Thank you. Wait. wait. Well, we, uh, I, what I'd like to do is, is we know what he wants. He wants as much as he can get. So, yeah. and <laughs> we we have an opportunity to discuss it and come up with our decision in the discussion. Okay. Period. Okay. But the, the question that was asked, I think, is the good part. Yeah. It's okay. got, got us thinking. Okay. Uh, are there any other questions of the applicant or staff? Now you can sit because it gets, okay. gets a little boring for a while. Um, <laughs> is there a motion for the finding of fact? Uh, yes. Yeah. I move that the finding of facts shall include all the information included in the notice of public hearing dated August 24th, 2022, and the agenda packet staff provided for this request at 1801 Oakland Drive. 49 notices of public hearing were sent and five responses were received. They are as follows. Uh, Scott Keith in support. Matt Fowler, support. Chia Young-Lesman, support. Uh, Kurt Adima, um, who raised concerns um, and, and did talk about conditions being but in general, I, I sort of read that as support. Uh, Kathy Doan and concerns raised with the same uh, desire for conditions. Uh, a public hearing was held uh, before the board. Public comments were accepted as were additional doc, uh, as were given opportunity for additional document and voice messages. Um, in this case, the applicant bought the property in 2017. He lives in one of the units. The property is zoned um, RS5. Um, there are unique features as described by the applicants of this 
uh, house. Uh, number one, it's got a large parking area, which is not typical for the neighborhood. It probably has enough space for uh, six vehicles. Uh, it is a multi-unit, and this is a neighborhood that uh, as many multi-units as other neighborhood as some other neighborhoods, and the house next door is also also a uh, multi-unit. Uh, it's located on uh, sort of really close to the intersection of two busy streets, and it's not in the interior of the neighborhood, and it's right across the street from uh, public uh, fire station. Um, uh, the other unique feature that the um, or the other feature that the applicant brought up was a desire to serve a certain uh, market need, uh, be that called mobile workforce or short-term workers uh, or serving employers that bring on um, employees for a short period of time. Um, applicant described the, some outreach he had done and he did receive some uh, positive responses from his outreach. Uh, he reached out to the Neighborhood Association uh, and again, the Neighborhood Association gave positive feedback uh, with the, uh, which is described as the, by the applicant as so long as there was um, rental certification from the city. Um, the units have been rentals. It, uh, Granting of this variance will not change the number of people coming into or out of uh, the unit uh, as described by the applicant. Uh, and in this case, if I haven't said already, the applicant lives on the property in one of the units. Uh, so he will be there to observe what is going on. Uh, he is in process with the city uh, to complete rental registry uh, at this time. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. All those in favor of adopting the finding of fact, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Okay. And those opposed, the same. The finding of fact has been adopted. Will there be a motion regarding the pending application? And we sh maybe we need to have a discussion <laughs> before. Because well, you, normally you put the motion on the table and then I, I know that I know the procedure. What I'm saying is, is we have a potential conditions that because we don't want to go back and forth because understandable. Um, so, um, are we allowed to have discussion before? We're going to have discussion before. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just go first. Uh, I, these are tough because I personally want you to do whatever you want with your personal property. I have the same concern with the natural features overlay. Somebody owns a property, that guy should have been able to do what he wants with the property, but we have the ordinance. Uh, and that's for good reason to keep things sane in our, in our community. Um, I can remember we sat here and we denied a nice couple a Airbnb application. They lived in one unit next door they were going to bring their elderly parents when they got finally sick, but they and they didn't meet the ordinance. It's not the minimum necessary to allow them to use the property for its intended use, and it was denied. Then again, we had another gentleman who lives on campus, uh, more recently lives on his 
property and rent it out as a bread and breakfast. You can see me winking there. Uh, but he did short-term rentals, and he squeezed in under the bread and breakfast um, ordinance. Uh, so that being said, I think if we're going to be consistent and we're going to put a condition on it and we're going to be fair to the three applicants, the one here, the one we denied, and the one that we approved, we would want the condition to be that this gentleman, the owner, needed to live on site or the variance would lapse because that's what we granted for the other gentleman and denied the other people. Um, so I, we, we wouldn't have been wholly consistent, but I think that's the way we'd be most consistent is, is the applicant must live on the property and then the variance would be lost if he did not. That's, I don't think we need to add certified because that's the law. I have a rental, it has to be certified. He's got a rental, it has to be certified. I don't know that that has to be in the that's fine. cert. Yeah. yeah. And you're not doing what I want. I'm just, I was giving my discussion point about what I thought. I agree with that condition. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he should have to live on the property. That's period okay. yeah got it pete has the city considered taking this up as a possible change to the code or board of order ordinances for short-term rentals airbnb situations well it, it has been talked about we're obviously working on other ordinance updates right now like we're trying to get the sign ordinance amendments finalized um Clearly, when we get to dealing with short-term rentals, we'll need to have some public feedback sessions because we really need to get, um, you know, get the pulse of where the city stands on that. I mean, you know, I mean, we've, we've had some difficulty with short-term rentals, um, but, uh, but there's, there's definitely, like I said, there's, there's a need for all different housing types and um, it's just a matter of, you know, what zone districts and what portions, what areas of the city is it most appropriate? So, so the answer is yes. <laughs> this is something that uh, we've talked about and that we, we need to, you know, tee up at some point in the near future. You're not comfortable making the motion, I will. Okay. You're saying you're accepting my offer? Okay. I'll make a motion. I'll make a motion. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> uh, Mr. Chairman, yes. Thank you. Because the motion is made to the chair, so. I appreciate it. Uh, I make a motion for the granting of a variance from chapter four, section 4.1, to authorize a short-term rental or lodging land use in one of the three apartments on the premises at 1801 Oakland Drive, uh, where an RS5 um, short-term rent rentals are limited to 30 days or more under the definition of household living with the condition on the granting of the variance that um, it's conditioned upon the owner of the property residing on the premises. Is there a second? Wait, is this second. to? Oh. Uh, 
There was a second, but what was the question? I just, is this too prominent of a um, solution for him? Because Pete is saying that they haven't sussed this out. Like the city hasn't, doesn't have a strong position on short-term rentals yet. And so he's he's coming in with this variance request prior to them um, creating and setting a precedent for that. So should there be a different position that the city takes allowing short-term rentals and we have more short-term rentals, like would that take precedent over his variance if there's a change, like where it becomes allowable in his zoning, where he's where his property is zoned at? That, that's correct. Okay. If the All city right. in the future if the city in the future adopts an ordinance allowing short-term rentals okay. in this zone district, then it'll be okay. Th th yeah, then then it would it would nullify the need for this variance. Okay. Good question. Thank you. All right. So there has been a second. We are in a discussion yeah. period. Um, I, I can support it. Yeah. Is there any other discussion points? So. Just to make one comment, I, I feel like with this short-term rental thing, and I know the city's working on signs and all those things are super important as well. There's just a lot of priorities. Uh, I feel like this is something that probably does need some public feedback before a decision is made. In the meantime, I, I feel like the Zoning Board of Appeals is carving out some maybe logical exceptions to this. I think the two factors that we've considered are, at least in my mind, whether the house is in the interior of a neighborhood or on the exterior, especially on a busy street. We did one on Westnidge Hill too. Um, and I think that was just sort of outside of all neighborhoods in some ways, which made it an exception. I think the other one might have been on Fellows, which is an interior one, but the person lived in it. So it was functioning as a bed and breakfast. Um, but in, until there is some grander scheme, I think we'll just keep, hopefully, keeping some consistency in it, um, but just case by case, ad hocing where the boundaries are. Thank you. Other discussion points? Hearing none. Uh, all right, I'll let everybody else have a question, please. Go ahead. I just had one quick question. I know um, you asked me this before, but I, I'm just, I guess I would like to hear your thoughts. I feel, because with the, with the current condition, life, life events could happen. I'm just trying to think if I got sick and let's say I had to go to a home for two months or whatever, um, I, I, how, how can we structure it in a way that, uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm also trying to think of events that could happen that would, you know, make this really a waste of time or, you know. I, I would say that when those uh, bridges have to be crossed, we'll cross them. <laughs> okay. uh, I'll say that this, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to, <laughs> With all due respect, I'm not here to comfort you. Yes, yes. It's not, it's not the role I'm in. Um, and the city's going to be looking at the ordinance, and it may be such that 
that condition is removed because the, the, the marketplace, the community, responds such to the city that the ordinance is changed so that you can live anywhere, just like Great Lakes LLC can live anywhere. Right, Mr. Chair. Also, it would have to be you officially moved from the property, like you. Okay. You're, you're, you are registered yourself at a, at a different location. You're mailing that. So, so if it was a temporary situation where you were unable to live in the apartment, that would not nullify the variance. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with that, and and I think the how that would be interpreted should be interpreted is as long as that is your principal residence yeah that's the easiest okay okay got it thank you thank you principal residence yeah, i agree yeah but like if is there another condition that we could there, oh okay i think that i think that's covered under the condition okay all right yes i think that's um any other discussion points, questions, comments? I'll have a roll call vote. We'll start with Lager. Yes. Dolan. Yes. Brandon Hamburg. Yes. Harrington. Yes. Turpening. Yes. Carol. Yes. Uh, your application has been granted with the one condition. We wish you luck. One of three. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Chair, before everybody leaves, if, is there any feedback you'd like to provide to staff regarding the item that was tabled? And the, the item that was tabled, oh, 36. Thank you, sir. 25 West Michigan Avenue. We're, we're all set. Thank you. Thank you very Good much. Night. I'll be in touch. Um, it, it, you know, I, I, is there anything, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm planning to bring the, uh, the liaison for the uh, Natural Features Protection Board back for the next meeting, and the uh, developer is going to be present to speak about the, the economic situation of this, this development project. Is there other parts? Um, trees more specifically. I think that was a kind of a, a bigger part of the topic and discussion. I would. I'm not trying to come across as overbearing or condescending or anything with the trees, Pete. I did hear what you say about the Natural Features Protection Board and and reviewing the trees, what types of trees. Um, so if that's what you're asking, I would just, that was a concern of mine. I've seen developments come in where they plant Chinese elm and burnt, you know, all these nasty scrub trees. They have five trunks and stuff like that. And, you know, I understand why they need to do what they need to do for the property. Um, and I would just like to make sure that that they plant some good quality trees. And we did ask if they could get somebody in there to mow it and just kind of send the message to the community that, that they're taking ownership and they, they may have different hands in the pot. 
Um, but at the end of the day, they're going to, you know, clean it up. I, I didn't request the table in, so I don't have additional information I need. It's kind of rhetorical, the, the comment about the minimum necessary. That's a, that's a huge moving target. And everybody comes here and says that, but not one person has any economic data to back that assertion up, just like they don't have any data to back up half the other things they say, like it's going to be good for the community. Well, 100 and some odd units may not be good. I'm not picking on this one. What I'm saying is, yeah, we're going to develop this, and the hobos are going to be gone, but we'll have drunk students. So it's kind of like, you know? So there's, there's, a, there's a pro and a con to everything, and it doesn't, when, it, when everything is pro, I feel like it's my job as, as a board member for my community yeah. to call BS when it needs to be it's called. It's and I'm true. not saying this is BS, I'm just saying where's the data to say this is the minimum necessary for you to make the 10% or the 12% or the 15% ROI that you want. What's your ROI number and show me the numbers and how you got them. I can read financial statements, so send them over. I know what a performa is. <laughs> uh, but maybe they think that we're not that smart or, but I'm just saying yeah. there's a lot of things that are said that are roses and I'm just calling, I'm just calling them out on it. The minimum necessary, it depends on how much profit you want to make. It's not whether they make money or not, because the last company made money, right? So I don't, I don't need any information from these people, but they're welcome to present more, and I'm sure more people are going to show up now that I said they didn't show up. Okay, uh, no, and that's, that's all helpful. I mean, obviously, they, they can talk about what it costs to demolish the building that's there and remove all the aged infrastructure that has to come out in order to then but no, that's in. germane to the like everybody brings up all these things that aren't actually germane to the situation it doesn't matter to the board or the community how much it costs to tear down that building or that they're going to put in an elm versus an oak uh, well, maybe it does that i'm sorry that is germane to this <laughs> but that they're going to get a mower out there and finally you know what i'm saying the only thing that's germane is is it the minimum necessary that's going to make them be able to use the property for the way it's zoned? And all the other stuff is fluff. I feel like when they come in, so you're going to have to, I'm not, like, I'm a person that feels fine and completely comfortable with being emotive. So, like, I'd like for you to, like, extract what I'm trying to say in a way that can be communicated to the board so that when they come, um, before us, the Natural Features Protection Board, um, I am guided by my emotions, and I care about the future from the perspective of being a parent, of being a mom, um, and the climate crisis is important to me. And I feel like they we they feel as though we perfunctorily come in here and are just going to say, yeah, you know, okay. And I don't think that. I do have a special interest in the environment. I care about the environment. Um, I think that our board cares about the environment, and I feel like there's a lot of incongruent information that's presented to us, um, you know, surrounding these developments, because I like to think that our Natural Features Protection Board has leanings towards protect, protecting and conserving the environment. 
And I hear you saying, Pete, and I think, you know, I have to take that into consideration. It's like that and they also want to make sure that they that the developments can happen in our community as well. It's not just the conservation aspect. It's that in addition to creating space for developments to happen in a way that, you know, holds integrity. And, and I understand that. Um, but I just feel like the development aspect of these conversations like always take precedent over the conservation aspect. And I don't like when I, I, I don't think that when we're talking about, it's like I don't see the, I don't, I have not, the, the algorithm has not assimilated in me in terms of like the climate crisis, the fact that we know that we need more green space so that we can mitigate like climate change <laughs> and, the, and the different layers of like the catastrophes that are happening that we're actively living in right now. It feels like the beginning of a Michigan summer right now <laughs> and it's like September. Um, it's hot, you know, like we can, it's palpable. We can feel like the changes and the shifts in the environment right now. It's like happening. Um, I mean, I don't know, we can see it. Uh is it happening? But, yeah, is it happening? Yeah. I don't it's know. Happening. It's happening. But it, and, and so, you, so you want to be able to understand the bigger picture. Yeah. Time. Even though the charge of the ZBA is, you know, to look at the facts in front of them, the specific case, the specific property, yeah. and render a decision. So I mean, I mean. Can you, you know, say that again? Say that one more you're, time. You're you're wanting to understand the bigger picture tie-in with the specific case we're dealing with and the facts. Because as, as you know, said before, we're working with, you know, a piece of property, you know, a project, the specific variance as it's written, and we really, you know, you know, those are the, that's the focal point. I mean, climate crisis can't be a reason to deny a variance. You've got to get more granular than that. I don't know. I'm trying to maybe Tony Bear can help me with that. But somebody help If you're going to deny a, vari a variance on a property, you've got to be specific to that property and specific to something you feel the developer dropped the ball on and should have done better, and that's why you're denying you the variance. You have to be specific to the requirements for the, the, the variance. So you've got to be specific to yeah. that. And then that's or is limited considering those standards now. Um, as far as is it the minimum necessary, well, how is that determined? That is determined in part by what Pete and the staff does and what the NFP board does. But what, but what are to the make that determination. Now, we need to in some way get what the NFP board is doing and how they're doing it and that reasoning involved in your decision making. That's what I'm asking How for. we get that communication okay. issue here. And I, I have to interject. I would like to see us be a little more gracious and kind with each other. It, it seems to me as though everybody is right and everybody has a good heart and good intentions and valid points, but sometimes there, there just seems to, I don't know, just more grace and, and more kindness. 
would make me feel like I could come to the meetings and be a little more relaxed and feeling like I could speak, whereas sometimes I just kind of <laughs> find myself shutting down. Point well taken. I, I've got a question about the NFP, and it's, it, to me it feels like a pay-to-play program, because if you can pay enough, you can, we can overlook whatever, whatever uh, circumstance it may be. And I, I wonder if we can't create a liaison, liaison relationship between a particular board member with that group. That way we can better understand what that ruling is, even if it's a non-voting role or just a information gathering. That way when we're asking questions such as uh, uh, a gradient variance, you know, what, what actually went into making that effect and what does 5% or 6% of deterrence actually in the grand scheme of things what does that change what were the effects so that way each time we kick a tree over we're not going we'll see you in 40 years buddy yeah, I, I, that, I, that way we've got a little input into the process and something that we've actually taken out of the and, process and i think you're making a good point and as i'm reading the pension is to give you additional information value provide you with some expertise and additional information and right now I, I'm sensing you don't feel that you're getting that but, uh, from the process so we need to perhaps refine that uh, part of my role is to see that these meetings are conducted in a way that is defensible if somebody wants to challenge it. Um, and part of that is my job and part of that is I suppose self-interested because who's going to be <laughs> defending that challenge is going to be me. <laughs> so, um, and I think it's going to be more defensible if we get that information, you feel more confident that you've got reliable information uh, from the NFP board. Do you have to always agree with it? No, you don't. I think now we're But getting... it's going to be more defensible if you, if you know how they made their decision, what went into their decision, and you can articulate why you don't agree with that within the standards that you're making your decision. Is it selfish for me to ask, can they just decide these things? <laughs> Leave us out of it? <laughs> I, think Pete, I think Pete answered that once, but there is some procedural reason that we have to be involved. What is because, that? Because this is the Board of Appeals that handles any yes. any sort of variance from provisions of the zoning ordinance. So only this board can do that. <laughs> so in summary, like you, you've given me exactly what I was looking for, some, some additional direction in, in information gathering. And thank you. I don't want to keep anybody here any longer. Well, I want to say one more thing. And I think that our ignorance sometimes is held against us. And if I'm on a constituent board and I am like reflective of a community that is underrepresented on, on most boards, um, which is the role that we play 
and it's not just about representation, it's about our leanings. I think that that's an aspect that I would like as well because people watch these Zoning Board of Appeals meetings and they learn a lot from them. I learn a lot every time I come and participate and I ask questions. I ask questions that I really want to know the answer to. And I want to know so that when I'm engaging as a citizen on this board and in the community, as a business owner, as a mom, as a person that owns a home, all of the layers of what my experience is as a citizen, I'd like to be able to understand. And I think that the Natural Features Protection Board should be like they, maybe they should have a report to us. If we're making determinations based on their recommendations, then they should also be including a staff report just like y'all do. Uh, Remy, uh, thank you for the point. I want to follow up on something. But we do have a vacancy on the board for an alternate. Um, do you know of others that might be more diverse that would apply? I, I'm, I have a lot of people in my network, but the people in the community that are watching this come and join the Zoning Board of Appeals. I'm not going to do no extra added recruitment for the ZBA. Excuse me. Uh, the community, y'all want to be on the ZBA, come be on the ZBA, and all the other citizen boards as well. Ditto. Ditto. All right. I will adjourn this if there's no other comments at exactly 10, a, 10 p.m. About time somebody used that candle. I'm sorry. Oh, now I have to remember I have legs. All right, here we go. Something hey, we have to work on. By the way, I'll be. 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 I'll be.